it is a, it's a lot to celebrate that we get to give like that, and um, it's a joy. So uh, in a season of busyness, why don't we uh, take advantage of this place of peace? And for just about 30 or 40 seconds, uh, close your eyes, put yourself in a comfortable spot. Let me just pray for us and then lead us in a time of silence before the Lord. Psalm 62, the psalmist says, My soul in silence for God alone waits. So we rest our souls, Father, in your presence here, and we just wait, just wait for you. The Old Testament story of Elijah, he's crying out to God and it's God comes not in the in the thunder or the lightning or all the the roar, but he comes in the silence, in the stillness, in the quiet. So for some of you, even right there in that moment of silence, the Lord came to you and he said something. Hold on to that. What God speaks in silence is powerful. And for some of you, as you were sitting in silence, my guess is something else rose up. And it was your own sense of whatever it might be. It might be celebration. It might be angst. It might be anxiety. It might be concern. Pay attention to that. Because that also is God uh, shining light on your soul to show you, here's what you get to give to me so that I can be all that I want to be for you. Amen? And amen. Okay, great. Um. If you, if you know me very well, you know I'm not a big tweeter. In fact, I have never tweeted. I don't have a Twitter account. But I know that Twitter wars happen out there, right? I'm, I've, I've heard about it. So um, <clears throat> I do text, though. And uh, because I uh, have always taught my kids, you know, no extra things when you're driving, I myself am very meticulous about not texting while I drive. But I have this handy iPhone that you can press a button and then talk into it and then, you know, send the text, right? It's real handy. Well, um, I did that this week, and uh, <clears throat> this is what I sent out. Uh, we're, we're, I'm doing a message on peace this morning, and I'm going to have some people at the end of the service stand here and anoint people with peace from Numbers chapter 6. So we're all going to get peace. And so I was asking one of our elders, John Atkins, if he would do that. But I just spoke it into my phone and I didn't get to correct. And this is how it uh, went down. For those who might be enjoying this outside of our virtual reality here. Me, I'm speaking on peas this weekend. I'd like a few couples to annoy people with peas from number six. John, Randy, I'm sure that your sermon on peas will be interesting, and I'm really good at annoying people, but we will not be at church this Sunday. It was just too good. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I lightened his load that day, right? You know, didn't Dave say Jesus was the most joyful person on the planet? Well, I am talking about peace um, this morning, and we're going to anoint people with peace. 
Though for some, maybe, you know, uh, maybe peace is annoying. And if, <laughs> if that's the case, then don't we all want to be annoyed, you know? We, we all want to be annoyed with that kind of peace. Oh, that's fun. Okay. <clears throat> Let's look at the scripture this morning. The context of Luke chapter 2. I'm really just following Dave's message from last week about joy. This is Luke 2, 8 to 14. And I'll read the, with the context and you'll have just one verse at the end up on your screen. This is the word of the Lord. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. There will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes, cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. With the advent of Jesus, the incarnation, the divinity become humanity, is the promise of peace. And it it wasn't just, I just find it interesting, it wasn't just one angel eking that out. It was the heavenly hosts, it was the the multitude of the angelic hosts, proclaiming the reality of, just get the order right, first, glory to God in the highest. Our, our relationship with God is primary, it's vertical. And it's like, as the angels were saying, here's glory to God, now what do the people need? Oh, peace. <laughs> glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. Well, I'm here to announce the good news. If you're in Christ this morning, his favor rests upon you. We are the beloved, Ephesians 1, 6, accepted in the beloved Jesus. And so God's favor rests upon you. And that means that our inheritance is peace. Peace is uh, promised all through the scripture. I'm going to... I'm going to pepper you with peas, <laughs> the actual pea where, you know, uh, because it just worked out that way. <laughs> peace is promised. Psalm 29, 11. And uh, you can write these down. You can read them. I also have some notes if you want to take them on your way out. And this will all be posted on the website, too. So you can gather, just listen to these scriptures and then look at them later. Psalm 29, 11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. It is not a question whether or not peace is God's will for you. Just say that again. It is not a question whether or not God's peace is his will for you. Peace is his will for you if you're in Christ. The the advent of the Messiah was the promise of peace. Don't, Don't take this as a condemning word. I don't mean it. But if you are not walking in peace right now, then you're not walking in your full inheritance. Don't beat yourself up about it, but raise your eyes to heaven and say, God, what what is preventing me from walking in the promise of peace right now? And there's plenty in the world (laughs) that would love to prevent you from walking in peace. The Hebrew word for peace, anybody? All right, see, we're getting it here. Shalom is a common greeting. In, In fact, you go to Israel today, people will say to you, shalom. That's the greeting to one another. Peace. 
Speaking of the body, that word shalom means health, soundness, wholeness. Any takers? In general, of a person, the word means safety, welfare, tranquil, secure, the absence of fear, peace. In relation to others, it means concord. That means we are together, all together in friendship. And that that is the promise of God the Father to his beloved children. That's us. And all that he calls to himself is peace. It's part of the promise of the good news. And peace is promised by the creator and the sustainer of all things. So it's not like, hey, our pastor got up and promised he'd give us peace. We'll see if he delivers or not. It, I mean, you've got to take this in. The promise of peace comes from the creator and the sustainer of the universe. It's not even, you know, it's not FDIC insured. There's no insurance required. When God makes a promise, it is sure. So maybe just that, that first point prompts you in the, in the week to ask the Lord, God, show me what is coming against my peace. Because it's your inheritance as a believer. Peace is promised. Peace is also possible. If God has promised peace to his people, then peace is possible and I want to say, yes, even to you. So, Because some of you right now, I know it, because I've been there and sometimes am there. You hear a message like this, you say, peace is possible for you. And you go, right, but you don't get it. And you are right, I don't get it, but God gets it. Because there has, there, there has never been a more distressing event in the history of the world than Jesus leaving heaven, coming to earth, dealing with humanity, carrying the burden of sin, walking to the cross, laying his life down, and yet he walked in perfect peace. So if the, if the creator and sustainer of the universe says, hey, peace is promised and it's possible, then that means it's for you. Period. Done. Isaiah 26.3. This is great because this is Isaiah, the prophet, who hears from God telling God about himself, which is good. I mean, that's worship, right? And in the midst of worship, we get revelation. So Isaiah says this, You, God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I would just like to point out that the scripture does not say you will keep in perfect peace all those who have a perfect plan. Or all you who have gotten all your Christmas shopping done. Or all you who have thought about every awful, terrible thing that might happen and made a plan, you know, that's not the point. Planning is good. It's of God. The mind of man plans his ways. The Lord directs his steps. There's so much grace on that. But peace isn't promised to the perfect plan. That was good. (laughs) Peace is promised to the one whose mind is steadfast, which just means in the same place, not moving anywhere. Because what? He or she, they trust in you. Praise God for iPhones, except for when they screw me up with peas and annoying. But your iPhone won't bring you peace. In fact, my guess is more often than not, the iPhone brings the other thing. Because we somehow trust it. But the promise of God is you will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. There is a human pathway to peace, and that way is trust. 
This is what it looks like, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I'm reading from the New Living Translation because I've memorized this verse in other translations, and sometimes when you memorize, you just go into rote mode and you forget the power. And so I'm going to read it in a version maybe you haven't heard this before. This is Paul writing from prison. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If, if, if I've ever prayed for you personally, it's very possible I've prayed for the peace of God that passes all understanding to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Because I can hardly think of a better prayer. And I, I was uh, preparing this week and I've just, I just was thinking about, you know, um, the peace of God that passes understanding guarding my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And I, I don't know why it popped into my mind, but I was thinking about how, you know, you've seen maybe those videos where uh, packages are delivered to someone's home and people come up and steal the packages off people's, you know. And, you know, sometimes they look real calm like this. They're walking up and they steal the package, you know. Well, I was thinking about those packages as peace. And some of us need a better security guard over the peace that guards our, our, our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. Do you want to be the one that guards your own heart and mind? Do you want your own peace to be the guard of your heart and mind? Because sometimes we can get ourselves in that, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Well, we can't. That's why Jesus came. And we can because Jesus came. But I think there's no better way to express trust to Jesus than to say, Jesus, would you please take control of the security system around my heart and my mind? Because just on my own, man, I'm going a thousand directions. And the enemy will be so happy to saunter into your mind or your heart and steal your peace. And kindly and not so respectfully, we tell the enemy to go back to hell where he came from. I can count on my ability or I can count on his ability. My choice is to submit to his way of trust, and the result of that is peace. As peace is promised, peace is possible, and peace is, anyone know where we're going next? Take a guess. Probable. Probable? No, it's good though. Huh? Powerful. Give Vonda the gold star. <laughs> Romans 16.20, one of the oddest and one of my most favorite verses in the New Testament. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That's how Paul wrote it. It was with that kind of, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. I I just think that is typical Paul. You know, he's all in. And he's, he's got this big, you know, the God of all peace, shalom, wholeness, security, tenderness, friendship, will crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Because for Paul, tension in the world did not mean that peace had to go away. I mean, Paul's the one who said, I can be content in any circumstance. Why? Because I trust in him. So let's just go through this. What does the God of peace do? It crushes Satan. Let's try that again. What does the God of peace do? It, he 
Where does he crush Satan? Yeah, okay, let's make it personal. Where does uh, the God of peace crush Satan? Right, under your feet. Under your feet. So, you know, I'm talking all about God is the peacemaker. He gives peace, he grants peace, it's possible, it's promised, it's all of that, right? It's powerful, but only to the extent that we allow it to be powerful through us. I mean, sometimes we have to just say, God of peace, you're here. Now, the, the, the image is right there, that New Testament image is what um, warriors would do to their enemy, both literally and symbolically. I put my head, my foot right on your head. Genesis 3.15, it's promised, right? God says to the serpent, he, meaning Jesus, the Messiah, will crush your head. I mean, I, I like that image, right? We are not Jesus, but we are in him. And he is in us, and we are complete, not incomplete, we are complete in Christ. When we step forward in trust, the enemy is crushed under our feet. And that's perfect peace. When you can walk around and say, nothing out there has the authority to take away my peace because the, because the God of peace will crush the enemy under my foot. I think that's cooperation with heaven. And what would the world look like? Like what would happen in our families, our church, our neighborhoods, our schools if the people of God started walking in the peaceful authority of Jesus and just step by step? stepped on the enemy's head. You know, that is why Jesus came. First John 3 something, 8? Eight? 8, thank you. <laughs> Love to have teachers in the crowd helping me along. Why did the Son of God come? To destroy the work of the enemy. Anxiety, fear, those are the work of the enemy. Jesus didn't deal with them because Jesus dealt with them. They didn't work on him. Because he overcame them. The peace of God is promised, possible, and powerful. Any takers? Number four, I know, fourth point, I'm going off. God's peace is present because God's peace is a person. That's really good. (laughs) God likes us. God's peace is present because peace is a person. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Oh God, for that day. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Just picture the image. Jesus rules peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He owns it. He made it. He created it. He conveys it. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's known for it because he is it. Ephesians two thirteen and 14. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off, and just take this image, you who were far off in anxiety, in despair, in procrastination, in striving hard work, trying to make it all, make it all, in whatever it is, You who were far off, Paul says, have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. I mean, peace 
is present in us because peace is a person. His name is Jesus. Jesus doesn't just give peace. He is peace. There is a big difference. Somebody gives you a present. Last, uh, last year, I really wanted a little, like a special pen I could write on my iPad with, right? Why do I want technology so I can pretend like I'm using a pencil? I'm not really sure. But I wanted one of those, right? Jane gave it to me and I lost it. Okay, the gift was great. The, the receiver was, eh, I lost it. It doesn't work like that. If Jesus was just giving peace, we could lose it. But he doesn't just give peace. He is peace. And when Jesus comes in and sets up you know, his throne in our hearts, he, it's pervading. Peace is pervasive. I'm writing a book up here. <laughs> John 14:27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. But listen to this. I do not give to you as the world gives. So Jesus gives peace. He's left it with us, but not the way the world does. You know, sometimes the world says, well, here, I'm giving this to you. No, you better take care of it. Don't lose it. I'm not giving it to you again. No, that's how the world gives often. Jesus says, I don't give that way. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not even let the enemy tempt you to be afraid of losing your peace. Because sometimes that's what happens. I mean, he'll get us anyway. We're peaceful, and then we get anxious about losing our peace, and he's got us. We just say no to that. Peace isn't something that just floats around, and sometimes I can lose it. No, it's, he's a, it's a person. It's Jesus. In the message, Eugene Peterson puts it like this, I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. That's the heart of Jesus towards you. I'm leaving you well and whole. Going to heaven, but peace resides right here with you, in you. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left. Feeling abandoned. Bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. I was, um, Dale, can I give your word to me? What are you going to say? No, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dale and I traded uh, emails a couple weeks back, and I was telling him that sometimes my sort of, my mode of operation, my, my evil triad that can come at me personally is this triad, and I think I spoke about it in a message, about it is um, fear, anxiety, and anger. And sometimes I can just skip between those three. You know, and you probably have your own triad, and Dale and I were commiserating one with another. And um, he said, uh, after that message, and we talked, he was praying, and, and the Lord gave him a picture, um, and I think it was for me, but everything I have I give away, so... The picture was this. He said, Randy, I, I saw like a clock and I saw these, these, these black splotches of time. Maybe that's your triad around the clock as you go from fear to anxiety to anger to fear to anxiety to anger. And he, saw, he said, I saw these wedges of light come in. Isn't that a great image? Wedges of light come in and just begin to insert themselves and expand where the light comes into the darkness. 
where peace comes into anxiety. Peace comes into fear. Peace comes into anger. So that we begin to walk as God uh, has given us the privilege and the inheritance of walking in perfect peace. But there's a human part of that, isn't that? Isn't there? This is sometimes we have to say, anger, go in Jesus' name. Peace of God, rule in my heart. Fear, go in Jesus' name. Peace of God, rule in my heart. Anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Peace of God, rule in my heart. It's, it's our inheritance because peace is, is a person. We can't create peace. We can just receive it. We can hold it. We can acknowledge it. We can live in it and we can give it away. We're, we're uh, containers of peace. Peace is not numbness. We have to be careful. In, a, in an addictive society like we li- live in, peace is not numbness. Sometimes we think, you know, if I, could just, if I could numb this feeling, then that will be peace. But that's not true. Because peace is not the absence of tension. It's the presence of the peaceful one. Peace isn't nobody ever has any issues. There's no tension. In fact, I think Graham Cook says, you know, without tension, nothing happens. Tension is good. I got a few Graham Cookers here, right? <laughs> tension is good. You know, if without tension, I would not be able to do this. I would just. <laughs> but but um, peace is not the absence of tension. It's the presence of Jesus. And that changes the way we look at and, mo- and are motivated in our lives. Sometimes we want to go out. And we want to find a peaceful place. Well, that's good sometimes. But Jesus does it the other way around. He finds the tense place, and then he walks in his peace. And at some point, as the people of God, we've got to recognize we are not meant to flee tension. We're we're meant to reside in peace. And all of a sudden, we're that peaceful presence. We're that courageous presence we talked about for three months in Daniel. Because peace is a person. His name is Jesus. And this is what the kingdom of God looks like breaking in on us over in Christmas. It's hope, it's joy, and it's, it's a pervading peace in our lives and then through our lives when our eyes are focused on Jesus. So here's, here's what I want to end with. I, I want everyone to have a chance to be reminded that they have peace. So, a couple, so if the anointers could come forward... That would be great. And Lynn, if you would come forward. And some on the ministry team, here's what I, here's what I want this morning. Uh, those of you who are on the ministry team and you're not up in one of the anointing stations, um, I want some of the ministry team to come over on this side, past the personal prophetic art. Fits the message today. <clears throat> um, for healing. So you need a, a physical, a specific healing or a specific issue. I want you to go over there if, after you're anointed for peace. If you want that prayer. And if a couple of the ministry team members could go on this side, I think there may be some people here this morning who don't know peace because they don't know Jesus. And this morning you're realizing, I will never be able to create peace in my life. I will only be able to accept peace in my life when I accept Jesus. So I need some ministry team members over here. Stand up and go that way. And I need a few ministry, Becky, thanks, a few ministry team members over here. So healing, (laughs) 
salvation, and in the middle, peace. Why don't you stand? And uh, what I've asked the anointers to do is just uh, simply for one of them to uh, anoint each forehead. If you want it, come forward. We'll anoint you. And we will bless you with the blessing that God commanded Moses to give to Aaron to bless the people of Israel with. And that blessing is this. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. So if that if that's your desire this morning, we want to just agree with God because that's God's desire for you. And you can come forward to any of the stations. We'll anoint you with peace. And then if you want more prayer for healing or for salvation, you can go to the ministry team. Come on forward when you're ready.